Lord, thanks for this day that you have made. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Bless those that are new this morning that they would, whether they're going to come here or go somewhere else, just bless them and lead them to the, to the right church. If it's this one, hallelujah. If it's another one. But lead people to their, to their homes, where they belong, uh, where they have family, God, where they can make family. We are grateful in Jesus' name, amen. So Philippians 1.8, God is at work, is what I'm, I should have called it God is on the move. Uh, I thank my God every time I remember you. Now this is a verse we covered, what, three weeks ago or so, and and, and I just wanted to point out to you and remind you guys again, this is not the best church. His is the best church, okay? Uh, his music is the best music. His messages are the best messages. Uh, the things that he gives for us to uh, touch our kids, those are the best. So we are not, we, we never, please don't ever say we're the best church or I only like our church. Or, please don't use those kind of phrases. I think it grieves the Holy Spirit. Uh, because you're dissing on his family. Now, there are times when we disagree, but that's okay. I can disagree with people and be totally friends with them. Can you? Some people don't, th- some people don't think you can, but we can disagree with each other, but we're still the worldwide church of God. And we can, we can enjoy the ch- church that God's given us, the family, the fellowship, but we never get prideful about it or, or think more of ourselves than we ought. Now, here's how I view it. If I can't fix it, I don't speak against it for the most part. Did you get that? If I can't fix it, I don't speak against it for the most part. Unless I'm really led by the Spirit. But I let God fix his church. I let him fix you. I let him fix me. Okay? Um, If I can't fix it, I don't speak against it. If I want God to pour out grace on this imperfect vessel, I better pour out grace on other imperfect vessels. Uh, If God will pour out his spirit in this imperfect church, we better pour out mercy to other imperfect churches like our own. And so... Paul said something in verse 4. He said, I always thank God for you with joy. And so we looked at this phrase here. Can we only, um, can we only have joy when we pray? Of course not. We know that there's joy when we pray, and we know there's weeping when we pray. Jesus wept and prayed and rejoiced, and, and the Apostle Paul rejoiced, and he grieved. And so we have to remember that, that prayer is something where we don't approach in a, the same way every time. We approach it as the Spirit of God moves us and stirs us. There's certain ways we pray when we pray for other people. When we pray for the lost, there's some agony. When we pray for the church, there's some joy. If the church has some problems, we pray with a burden like Paul did. And so the most important thing, one of the most important things we have to do when we're praying is slow down. Just 
slow down and look around. And if you look around, you might see answers. And you might actually see things to pray for because you're slowing down. So slow down. Life's fast enough. Okay, so here we go. Verse 6. Being confident of this. This could be back up here. I don't know how long I was gone. Was it just just a week? Wow, two weeks. Yeah. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion or perfection until the day of Christ Jesus. So what I want to tell you today, it's so simple. It's so embarrassing, it's so simple. But I'm going to tell you anyways, it's, it's all I'm speaking about, is that he's moving. He's working. Oh, look at that baby. Oh, wait. Oh, is that my, oh. Well, she was carrying him. Look at, look at that dress. Isn't that cutest? Okay. Uh, but I want to build confidence in each of you today that God is working He's working in your life. He's working in this valley. He's working in your marriage. He's working at the job site. He's working to make us more like Christ. And this promise, this promise is to all the saints, not just the Philippians. It's not just to the Philippians. It's to all the saints that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the coming of the Lord. That's a promise to all the saints who say yes. That's a promise to all the saints who say yes. Even those who say no, he can sometimes use a two by four as an answer to prayer. But... God, God wants a bride that's pure and spotless. That's what he's after. He's after the bride. This is a promise to all the saints because he began a good work in you, right? He began a good work in you. Therefore, since he began a, did he begin an average work in you? A mediocre work in you? He began a good work in you. And he's working. I just want you to see today that God is working. If you know him, and if you're just saying yes, yes, and spending some time with him. Now, is the work automatic? It's not. But it looks like it could be. He's the author, the author and finisher of our race, he who began a good work, he began it, so he will finish it. Sounds like it's, it's up to God to do it, but uh, we know all the other scriptures, it's not just up to God. We know that there's a part where we have to yield. As it says in Philippians 2, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, But now, much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. When fear and trembling, here it comes, 
towards God who works in you, both to will and to act according to your, his good purpose. So now, the, the thing is, is that I've noticed this thing. No Christian dies perfect. They die perfect by the blood, but they don't, buy, they don't die perfect in character. So that verse is not automatic. You have to give yourself, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. None of us die perfect in character, but this verse says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. But have you noticed that some Christians die bitter, bitter or, or immature or stuck in something? So this verse and the other verses that say he's working, uh, he began a good work in us, they're not automatic. It's the more that we yield, the more we grow. That's it. The more we yield and pursue, the more we grow. If you're not growing, you're not yielding. Bam. If you're not growing, you're not yielding. Okay, so none of this is what I wanted to talk about today. But what I want to talk about is that God is working. I just, I'm preaching more to me today. I, I, just, I need to know that God is, is working. I, know he, I need to know that he's moving. And this is, the, this is a promise. If we let him in, he will work. Because God works to both will and to work. God wants you to be like Jesus more than you want to be like Jesus. God wants to be closer to you than you want to be close to God. Okay, there's this burning in, in God. So, uh, when we sense nothing, God is on the move. When we sense nothing, God is on the move. When we are sick, but we're praying, God is on the move. <laughs> When we're lonely, God is on the move. He's working to draw us close to him in the pains of life. And we've got to realize that God is not sitting on a throne doing nothing but twiddling his thumbs or doing Rubik's Cube. Jared, where are you? Where are you? Oh. We're not doing Rubik. He's not doing Rubik's Cube. Okay, he's sitting on a throne and he's directing affairs. (laughs) He's commanding angels concerning us. He is moving and working and doing. He doesn't sleep or slumber. Psalms 121. He doesn't sleep or slumber. He may be sitting on a throne, but he's orchestrating. (laughs) He's orchestrating. He's moving. He's touching. He's not an idle God. He's a God who is on the move. He's on the move. When we're sick, he's moving. He's moving. When you're in a bad marriage, he's moving. At least in you, if you say yes. And maybe in your stubborn spouse, if 
pray enough. And, you know, I mean, he's, when we can't fill him, he is on the move, guys. I, I know this is simple, but I need to know it. I need to know that God is on the move. When there's cancer, God is on the move. When there's panic, God is on the move. When you feel alone, he's on the move. (laughs) He's never not on the move. When you feel like nothing is happening and my dreams aren't coming into being, God is on the move. (laughs) He's on the move to make you more like Jesus by the delays of life and his hand weaving into the circumstances of our life. When I can't go by I feel God, which is quite a bit of time, when I can't go by I feel God moving, I'm going to go by the promises more than ever. God is on the move. (laughs) He's on the move. He's moving and, and here's the good thing about when, when the enemy tries to do stuff, God has an ace up his sleeve. He, he has the trump card, whatever that, that trump card is. I don't know what it is, but whatever that card is, yeah. I guess there's not a situation that God can't move in. There's not a... Even if you blew plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, even if you blew all of those plans, he's got P and M and N. He's got plans. Now, we don't want to blow our chances and have to start over, but God is the most amazing turner of all things working together for good. I don't know how he does it. Maybe he stays up late at night thinking about it. But I don't know how God can take the horrible things that we have done in this life, horrible things done to us, horrible things we've done to other people, how God can take those things, those horrible events that happen, and work good, I have no idea. I don't know how he does it, but he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he knows. He works Good. Can he work good from your surgery? Yeah. Can he work good from your hospital stay? Can, you, can he work good if you get a bill in that you can't pay? Right? He can work and move and touch. He doesn't. I want you to trust. Trust. I want you to trust that God is moving. When you feel fear, God's moving. When panic rises in your heart, God is moving. God is moving. I don't understand it, but God is moving. He who began a good work, not a bad work, not a mediocre work, but he who began a good work, can we trust and just realize He's moving when I can't see him. Now, when God's moving, it's easy to see and it's easy to trust, but when he's not visually moving or where you feel faith, boy, it's time to rest on the promises of God.
Just because we can't feel it or see it, God is on the move. So can you say about your life, God is on the move? I mean, come on, is God on the move? Now listen, if, he's, if you don't think he is, maybe if you begin to speak the word, he will start moving. If you will start saying God is moving in my life, God will start moving in your life. If you say I can trust God in this dark situation, you're going to find faith that will rise in your heart to trust him in this dark situation. Faith will rise. If, if you will look for God to move, he will move. Oh, hey, that was good. If you look for God to move, we know that in all things God works for the good, for those that love him. The more faith we have for him moving, the more he moves. The more faith we have for him moving, the more he responds to our faith. God is moving. I don't like some situations, but God's moving. He's touching. God is even moving in Washington. He, he's, he's even moving in Hollywood. Just speak it, pray it. God is moving, God is moving, God is moving in my life. God is doing things in my life. God is changing me. God is healing me. God is bringing me through. God is gonna touch my ch- prodigal kids. God is gonna touch my husband or my wife. God is moving. And there's nothing he can't tear down. Just blow on it. And the walls of Jericho come down. All right. So today, today, uh, oh, you can tell it. Yeah, we just kind of already had like the three stooges time up here. Before we even started, you never know what's going to happen in church. No, I don't want the chair. And, um, yeah, so before church started, or while we were worshiping, uh, Mike, I stood up to pick up Ethan, and Emma came running up to Mike, so he puts his coffee cup, his little styrofoam coffee cup down on my seat, and I had picked Ethan up, and I sat down on the coffee cup. <laughs> so if I smell like Folgers, well, I don't think it's Folgers, I think it's Kirkland, but anyways, I have a coffee cup booty. So, coffee, uh, so um, that happened, and my necklace was this much longer before the service happened, I during worship one of my grandkids sort of grabbed it and but look I fixed it I it might fall off during the service because it's kind of just jimmy rigged but anyways okay so I you know was going to talk about uh verse Philippians 7 but last week after Ryan spoke uh during I don't know during the end of the service I started, you know, feeling like God was putting a verse on my heart, and I had written it down because I didn't know if I was going to share it this week or not, but what Mike said just went so well with it. So that's kind of what I want to share for to end. So after Ryan had talked, you know, talked about making those choices 
uh, talked about, you know, taking those steps to victory. And I was just thinking about how sometimes some of us think, like Mike said, God's not moving. People can't see God moving. So until I get out of this situation, I really can't move forward. I can't be used by God. God can't, you know, Brian kind of talked about the mocker and um, how the enemy mocks us. And his mocking is to stop us right where we're at and get us stuck in what we're in. And, you know, the Lord was just showing me the exact same thing Mike was talking about, how when it looks the darkest, sometimes God is moving the most. And we can't see it, but he is moving through the circumstances. So I thought I started thinking about the whole situation on the cross and how bad that looked. And I want to read uh, Matthew 27, 51 through 54. And this is right after Jesus dies on the cross and people are mocking him, spitting on him. The mocker is in full-blown trying to get Jesus to stop what he's doing. And then this verse, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. So here Jesus has just died. It looks like it's over. And yet in his death, in that moment, God was moving and this hardened centurion who had probably mocked and tormented Jesus said, surely he is the son of God. We shut the mouth of the mocker when we suffer well. We don't wait until we get out of our situation. It's in the middle of that situation when we yield to God that we shut the mouth of the mocker and that God can speak to others and say, surely Jesus is the son of God. So we don't wait till everything in our life is good to start doing what Ryan talked about last week. And I, I thought I had more written down, but I guess I don't, so I'm just going to have to say what's in my heart. So when, when we first, you know, I've told, shared this with you before, but when we first found out that Mike had a tumor before we knew anything else, we immediately, I just immediately sensed, and I told Mike as we were driving down the canyon, uh, as Mary was driving us down the canyon, that you know, the enemy is mocking. He's mocking everything you've ever taught. Um, he, you know, he's trying to, 
to mock and torment us. And we just began to pray and said, God, we want to glorify you in every part of this through this journey and we are going to shut the mouth of the mocker because we're not going to give in to him and get stuck where we're at. We're not going to allow this situation to define our relationship with Jesus because it's bigger than that. And God is moving even as there's suffering going on in your life, even as you're in a situation that you want to change, but you can sit there and let the enemy tell you, see, God doesn't love you. See, God doesn't answer prayer. You know, you can sit there and get stuck in that place and go into a really dark place. But what Mike said, what Ryan said last week, God is on the move. And if you look all throughout scripture, the cross is just one example of when it looks the darkest that God's power is displayed. And if Jesus had listened to those mockers, you know, telling him, you know, why don't you call down the angels? Why don't you, if you're the son of God, he could have done that. He could have bailed on being used by God in that moment, but he chose to yield and to not try to protect his own reputation or his own relationship. He trusted in the Father. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do today. And I feel like there might be some people here who are kind of in a place like that, where there's something going on and you just kind of feel stuck and you just need a touch from God. You just need to know that God is moving and you need to make that choice. Like Ryan said, one choice at a time, one step at a time, we follow God. And I think when you get in these situations, sometimes it's really hard for us to make that choice and that step. We just get stuck. And so that's what I want to do is I want to have a time where anybody who's feeling that way, who's kind of feeling in whatever the situation, like Mike said, there's many ways we get stuck, that you just need that touch from God to remind you that he's on the move and you just need to yield that next step to him. If there's anybody that wants prayer, um, I just invite you to come up here and then uh, some of those of you who come up and pray for people can, will come and people will gather around you and pray for you, for God to touch you right where you're at and help you to take that next step and just give you the faith, help release that faith in you that God is moving even when you don't feel it or see it. Uh, Mark, would you get the song Holy Spirit? Um, it's a, you know, you know where it is? Okay. All right, so we want to pray for people who just, um, you can't see God moving right now, and you need to have your eyes open to his moving, or you just need for us to pray for a nice, 
nudged by the Holy Spirit to start moving. Because <laughs> when you move, he'll move. When you move to prayer, he'll move to meet you. <laughs> when you move to reach out, he'll move to give you a gift to give to that person. When you reach out, when you forgive, he'll give you what you need when you do it. He don't do it before. Oh, I feel the anointing. No, he'll do it while you're doing it, while you're reaching out, while you're touching people, then he'll touch you. So we want to have just a ministry time to pray for people that I want to see God move in my life. I want my eyes open to see that God is moving. So if that applies to you, go ahead and put that on. And, and would you come forward, those of you that feel like, man, I, I need God to move in my life. I need him to do a fresh movement. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask people to come up and lay hands on these and pray that God will move that God will move today. They'll feel God move. They'll sense God move. Come on, folks. Come on. Let's come up here and pray for these that have come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Move, Lord. There's nothing worth more. Lord, we're asking that you'd move right now. We're asking that you would move, God. That you would push on people right now. That you would push them to where they need to be. That you would draw them up. That you'd draw them up, God. Move, Lord. Move. Holy Spirit of God, move in our lives today. Help us to see, to have faith for you moving. Help us to see by faith that you're moving, God. Thank you, Lord. You can't be contained. You can't be contained. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. To you be glory. To you be glory. To you be honor. Thank you, Father. Just sing right now to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame become. Thank you, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Jesus. Move, move. God wants to speak to you in the power of his word. He wants to encapsulate you in the power of his word. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the mighty. I will say of, of those that dwell in my presence, 
that they will be encapsulated in my love. I feel God is just speaking and encapsulating you in his love, that he wants you to know that his love so empowers you, so surrounds you, so protects you, that he wants you to know of this love and he is surrounding you right now in this capsule and when you feel don't feel his present just speak thank you for encapsulating me in your love feel that love feel that mercy and that grace allow yourself to be encapsulated in his love Father, I just want to pass on what you've passed on to me this week. How the Holy Spirit can grab a hold of you and bring you to your knees and show you exactly what it is you need. Father, I pray for a lot of different people, and I've seen a lot of healing. And yet when I pray for myself and I ask for myself, I didn't know the correct way to pray. And I thank the Holy Spirit for teaching me this week the correct way to pray for myself. And it helps me to strengthen others. Father God, be with those who need you today.